podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's a new dropback. Hello everyone and welcome to Chelsea Hour, Touchline Frackers Chelsea Podcast, I'm your host Dan Sov. Um, yeah, when you're listening to this, please use the hashtag Touchline Fracker. I'm joined by two guests, so we're going to have a, like, a little small one. Um, we've got Jermaine. What's up, Jermaine? Yeah, what's going on, Dan? Good, bro. Um, well, kind of good. We'll talk about the Arsenal match later, but that pissed me the fuck off. And Joe, what are you saying? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dan, how's it going, mate? Cool. Like I was saying, the Chelsea match, yeah, I'm not one that likes to respond to all that because obviously after Chelsea lose, and I know we didn't lose, but it felt like a loss. Let's be honest. But I'm not yeah. one to I'm not one to go on a timeline and start ranting and raving. I know that Chelsea Twitter goes into madness. I know that all your friends probably tweeting you or messaging you saying what the fuck is going on. Like how do you feel? They're trying to get a rise out of you. But I just had a social media blackout. So let's talk about the Arsenal game first. I guess the lineup. Let's start from the beginning. Um, what did you think about the lineup? We'll go with Joe. Um, I mean, probably. Kind of what what was expected, I suppose, with with Reece James injured. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm really not a huge fan of this midfield. I know in, in the group chat I get a bit of a bit of heat for not not maybe rating some of the guys as, as highly as others. But the 
Kova, Jorginho, Kante midfield. I don't think it's been as as good as it probably was last season at stages, and I don't really think it's it's All it's right. maybe the the best use of the players. Can I, I think chime the, in? the front three kind of picked itself a bit. Jojo, jo, jo, um, wait one second. Let me just quickly chime in on that point before you move on. So the front three, you're saying it's not been good this season, as we're making that like as compared to last season, but we haven't really played it in that many games this season. Right? What the, uh, the midfield? Yeah, the midfield three. The midfield three has played in like the big game. So they've played against Man City twice against Liverpool. They played against Valencia. They played yesterday, um, but they don't really play that often. And usually when I they think have there's played, a reason. yeah, there's a reason. But um, in terms of their performances this season, Jermaine, you can chime in too. Do you feel like that front, that three, that midfield three, have been bad when they play together? I, I mean, but bad maybe is a little bit of a stretch. Okay. Um, okay. I, I just don't think that they. I, I don't like the, the combination of players. I don't think they offer enough in terms of what they do on the ball. I don't think they offer anything really in terms of, of pure defensive cover. Mm. I don't think they, they've got a lot of athleticism between them. I think now Kante is looking a little bit injury prone or a little bit, you know, more susceptible to injury than what we've seen. Um, the, the physicality in that mid- midfield is almost non-existent. And the thing that concerned me was this is probably the first game I can remember in a long, long time that Arsenal's midfield looked to, to have a bit more about them in terms well, of physicality and an edge than, well, than we did. Don't you think, the before the red card happened, and we'll get into that whole business soon, but don't you feel like we were dominating the match when it was 11 versus 11 with that midfield? No, I, I thought, I've, honestly, I, I thought it was a really, really even game. Um I think that they they set up well the sort of the, the system they were playing four two three one. I think that they they were they were kind of coming to to sort of stifle and, and sort of settle the game. I feel that often with with this middle three, I think we we control games, but in a very passive manner. I think that the there's a lot of control because I think in between Georgina and Cove in particular, you've got two very technically gifted players. Yeah, but I just I just don't see I don't see any threat from them whatsoever. And I'd rather sacrifice a little bit of control to have a bit more of a a go forward in there, and and that that's what I, I just see a okay. very, yeah, like a, a very kind of non-threatening combination of players okay. in there. I don't before like I will go on to you, and you can kind of finish your thoughts on the Arsenal game. But Jermaine on the midfield yeah. three, since it's come up, let's talk about the midfield three. So you heard uh, Joe's thought about it, and obviously I think um, a lot of people were saying this should be our default three. Um, yeah, and. I would say that we started the game pretty well with this three. Like another big game, I think that we were controlling the game. Um, Joe's comments on them, they lack physicality uh, and they're very passive. So what, what what are your thoughts on the midfield three now at this point? Personally, I thought the the midfield three done quite well at the beginning of the game, especially leading up to the, up until the red card happened. Because yeah. um, I felt like, I hear what Joe's saying about how, how passive they are sometimes, but I felt like um, they had a lot of the game under control in, in, in that midfield. Yeah. And I felt... I, I know a lot of the time, us as fans, like we get onto the midfield, but I, I do think at the moment with the players that we have, it's more it's more down to the to the attack in terms of like why, why things, you know, why things ain't happening attack-wise, like, why we're not threatening teams as so, much as we should so, be. So like, I think, I think the midfield, for the most part, they do their job. Okay, so let me quickly uh, chime in. Since, since you're saying it's the attack, not the midfield, who mm. are you blaming since the attack that started was Hudson, Tammy and William? So do you feel like Hud- Hudson wasn't doing his job? Do you feel like... I know, no, I felt on the, on, 
on the day, yeah. Hudson was our brightest player by a mile. He okay. was our best player on the pitch by okay. a mile. So then, I think, was Tammy not doing his job? I, I think Tammy could have played a, a bit better, to be honest with you. Okay. He done well. He done well to get the penalty. Yeah. But um, apart from that, how does Tam, uh, how does Tammy play better? Say say again. How does Tammy play better? What what more did you expect from him in that in that first opening minutes when we had the midfield free? We were in control. It's not the midfield's fault. It's the attack's fault. You said that Hudson was bright. What what more did you want from Tammy? And we'll get on to Willian after. I, I felt Tammy's movement could have been a little bit better. And I also feel like the few chances that he did get, he, I think he could have put maybe one or two of them away. Okay. But with, with, with Willian, it's, it's obviously the same old story. Mm. He, he gets to Willian and he just slows up the attack. He slows up play. Yeah. He, you know, he dilly-dallies on the ball. He, he, does it, he ends up doing nothing. He doesn't cross... So he doesn't shoot. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's the same stuff with William. Like he, he has one great game, which was the last game was Tottenham, yeah. and then after that, I, I knew it, what it was going to be. Ten games of this nonsense again, shimmying, yeah. going past two players, delaying the shot. Okay. You know, doesn't cross the ball. It's it's just it's right. so frustrating to watch. But in terms of the midfield, yeah, I I felt like they did do very well at the beginning. And what happened was obviously after the red card, then Arsenal went went into that mode of it helped them the red card because it, it yeah. made them not only concentrate better on defending but it made them go into like a low block which yeah. is our weakness at the moment okay all right all right joe i feel got highlighted like to, to look so bad for me okay joe joe we'll come back to you so sorry to kind of cut you off earlier but so your problem was the midfield free um and then you had some other thoughts on the game uh yeah I, i'm following up from uh from, from what jermaine has said that i, I think we've We've gone back to the the kind of the default version of, of William, where I, I make Jermaine completely right that you know it's he's such a frustrating player when you see how well he plays against against Tottenham. Mm. Even if he he come, you know, he doesn't have to replicate that every game. But if he come closer to that, you know, more than than the sort of performance we saw against Arsenal, it's it's almost like because I, I don't know if he's got some sort of opinion of his his style of play where. As you say, like he he willingly slows the game down as if he's Eden Hazard, who has that little burst and can sort of do that and then make something of it. Yeah. He, for me, has always been best when a we play on the counter and he, he plays perfectly on the counter when he's actually attacking the goal and not cutting back and not slowing the game down, yeah. or when he plays at pace. And I think for that the entire game he was in this this kind of mindset where he just refused to to sort. Of, I don't want to say refused to take the initiative, but it just looked like he was he was trying to be the superstar player too much instead of doing what he's good at, which is playing quickly, you know, the little drop of the shoulder that we know, get a cross in, yeah. get a shot in, get a pass off. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I, I definitely think that they, I think, you know, Callum had, a, I thought probably his, his best game for, for quite a while. I think he was, okay. he had uh, Saka on toast. Um, I think Tammy, Tammy did well. I agree. Probably could have scored. Um, but, but William, for me, really okay. kind of imbalanced that uh, right. front three. So, so let's talk about Callum's game. Um, since we've, talked about Williams game I can't really chime in on Williams game because I can't remember too much of what he done I just can't in terms of highlights or lowlights I just can't remember um maybe it's, I need to watch it a second time usually I get to watch a game a second time but Callum was bright Callum was aggressive and do you know what one thing is since the injury and what I was worried about is that people all, always use the injuries like so any poor performances I knew that people will blame the injury on it whereas Callum had poor performances before the injury. Callum had games where he had a great half and then a poor half, and it was just, okay, he's young. But I know after an injury, people are always going to blame on injury. But I thought we saw an aggressive Callum today. 
I saw. I thought we saw a Callum that was, you know, beating Saka, who's very fast, and um, getting a, a yard on him, getting a mile on him. So let's talk about um, Callum's game. What was particularly good about his start to the game, Jermaine? For you, um, for me, where when I've seen Callum have bad games, he normally starts off slow. Yeah, I think that was a that was a massive positive in terms of how how positive he started. Yeah. He was really, really direct as well. Yeah. Like, he saw that Sacco was left back and he kind of fancied it from the get-go and he showed that by, like, every chance he got, he was trying to skin Sacco. Yeah. And I felt even his link-up as well, it was really nice. Like, he was doing a lot of one-touch, like, pass and move, yeah. really quick movements yeah. into the box. He was, he, like, even it, like his shooting, I think he had, like, there was one move where he kind of popped it off. I can't remember who said it, said it for him, but they say it nicely and he had a volley where yeah. um, Leno saved it. Yeah. Like he was just, he was actually causing so many problems. So and again, you... the only the only negative thing about it was that it see, a lot of his good stuff was before they got the red card. Okay. Well, before... That was the frustrating thing about it, but apart from that, he okay. was like, so so direct on on the day, man. He looks he looked really sharp. It was nice to see. But how much of that is down to the fact that he's playing against an inexperienced, he's not just inexperienced, but also someone that's a left winger in Saka. So he's is another young um, player, but also he's inexperienced. Yeah. Is that the reason why he looked good? Did Saka make no, him look I, good? I think I, I think um, it's it's obviously it's always going to be like partly the reason it's it's, it's obviously easier play, playing against a, a more attack minded player than than an actual you know decent or you know even an average defender probably would have done better than Saka okay. would have done but um but I think still to show the willingness to try and beat his man constantly throughout the game like he he wasn't you know he was proper going for the neck he weren't trying to take it easy or. Yeah. He weren't sitting back a bit and, you know, giving him a chance to breathe. He was literally, like, going at him every single time yeah. he, he got. I do think, obviously, like you said, it, it was because he kind of knew from the get-go that like, Saka wasn't a proper left-back. Mm-hmm. So he thought, today's kind of my day. I should I should win this battle. But I also think as well, Saka's not slow. Do you know what at I mean? All. So I think him showing that he had the beating of him and every time, he wasn't just... Beating him by a yard, he was he was proper skin in Saka. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like so, yeah. for someone, he, some of his turns and that as well, yeah. really sharp. I, I, I proper liked Callum's Callum's display against Arsenal. And, man. and I think it's important to mention how fast Saka is because a lot of people are saying that he's lost the yard of pace or he's lost some acceleration after the injury. And so, Ooh. even forget about experience, forget about defending, just the fact that he can beat a fast player with the ball, you know, and, and find that space. That I mean. I've, I'm, I'm one that's always said, look, I'm not really worried about him physically. I'm just w- more worried about his sharpness and his confidence. And I think one of the major takeaways for me is that I like that he was mad confident that game. He was yeah. very aggressive. Um, yeah, it was massive. It was massive to see is, in, in terms of mentally as well. Because yeah. I think a lot of people were worried about him mentally. Yeah. Like, you know, we had the article come out about the abuse that he'd been getting from fans. Yeah. We, we've seen all the abuse that he's been getting from fans on like yeah. Twitter and stuff like that. So yeah. it's like mentally it's good to see him like kind of where he is right now. That yeah. that game for me showed where he is mentally as well. Yeah. And it, it looks really positive. So I think with time, the more games he gets, I think, you know, he can definitely get back to his best like yeah. within the next maybe three, four like three, four games, I reckon. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's got a run. Joe, what are you saying about Callum on the right again? Because Callum played a great game and there was no Reese James behind him. And I heard Heather Talk saying that 
yo, Callum's playing good because Reese James is behind him. Yeah. Aspie was behind him. So, I mean, I guess my question is, let me hear your thoughts, more of your thoughts on Callum. And um, do you feel like now he's making that right side his own or, again, do you feel like it's just flexible type of thing? I think I think he's I think he's definitely flexible, um, but I think at the moment what what we're seeing is Hudson Odoi sort of I think he's he's now got confidence like after the injury. I think when he come back, I think a comment I made a little while ago that was that he looked a little bit tentative, and I think the, the word that you both use, which I I agree with, is is that he's being more aggressive both in terms of like what he's doing on the ball, but his decision making. We saw a couple of them really nice long passes that yeah. I think he was getting known for a little bit last season. Um, and I, I think the thing that really impressed me most was that I can't remember him losing the ball. Often I'm, he might have lost it once in, in the whole game. Mm. And I think, again, when he come back, a little bit of that sort of lack of sharpness and maybe lack of confidence, I think the thing that was you could see noticeably from you know, Callum at his peak was that he was getting you know dispossessed like fairly fairly frequently in other games. But yeah. I think now now what we're seeing is, is his capability to play almost as like a, a traditional right winger. You know, yeah. he's got the ability to to completely take anyone on. I think the, the confidence he'll take, as you say, from being able to, to not just not just beat Saka, but I mean, comfortably, yeah. almost, I don't want to say at will, but I mean, it felt like whenever he wanted to sort of drop or do a little trick and go past him, yeah. it was it was quite easy for him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the performance is one that I, I hopefully, again, is, is another one in these kind of stepping stones for Callum to sort of regain his confidence. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with Jermaine that if he... If he continues having a, a run in the side for the next, you know, three four games, whether that's on the left or the right or, or whatever, you know, I think as long as he's playing, um, then then we're starting to see the player again that I think that, that people were beginning to see glimpses of last season. You know, again, yeah. if we have you know a bit better finishing quality in the side and, and maybe there's a little bit more cohesion up front, some of these sort of chances that he was making, some of these sort of runs and stuff, maybe maybe there is a result in in. In another goal, obviously he, he got the assist, um, yeah. you know. But I think again, he could he could probably add more to his game in, in that respect if players around him are are starting to react. I still think that that people are a little bit uh, uncomfortable with with Chelsea players being able to beat people and get balls in or actually beat people and actually put put decent decent sort of uh, delivery in because of what we've had playing there for so long. So yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm very very impressed with him in terms of what he was actually. Yeah. able to do um, um, and I just hope that again as you say it's a building block for him for, for yeah. the next couple of games so what are you guys both thoughts on and you can chime in whoever wants to answer first but uh, on the fact that a lot of Arsenal fans I've been talking to was like raw Chelsea put in bare crosses just like loads of crosses <laughs> and obviously we didn't even have Reese James so I feel yeah. like obviously people are saying like yeah well actually you could just notice because after the game Lampard talks about yeah we made loads of chances and we had loads of crosses and obviously it wasn't just Crosses, those quality crosses, especially from Callum. But what do you make of this approach in terms of get balls into the box and the the criticism that maybe we need to be better in finishing? Do you guys feel like, from my from my point of view, I feel like if your game is going to be about crossing, you can't expect high conversion. You can't expect strikers to always beat people around them in the box, get to them first, and then hit the keeper. It's 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 a difficult thing for a striker alone to do, and for bodies to join people in the box to do. So what do you feel about this kind of strategy, our chance creation strategy, which seems to be cross inshallah? <laughs> I love that term. Um, for, for me personally, and I, I think I've maybe been thinking about this a little bit more recently, but I know that we've we've gone from having two massively structured coaches in Conte and Sari for you know the past three, was it three years or four seasons, I can't remember however long they were here. 
and going from that sort of superstructure, like everything is is prescribed. You've got prescribed movement patterns, etc. So this sort of the other extreme, which Lampard seems to be almost, uh, I don't want to say without a structure, but I mean there's, there's very little really in terms of kind of set movements or set patterns of play or kind of set piece movement or whatever you want to call it, positional play up front. And I think the gap between you know, players that have, have, have looked good and done well in, in that sort of highly structured system to what Lampard's doing, I think that's kind of a little bit where we're falling apart. And I think even thinking back to sort of playing and stuff like that, you know, teams tend to defend a bit narrow these days. That they'll give you kind of the, the wide opportunities. And I think if you don't really have a little bit of a, a game plan or structure or set pattern of play when you're attacking in the final third, the ball just tends to end end out wide and then you just end up shelling crosses into the box. Mm. Now, I'm thinking back to, what was it, the, the, the game Moyes had for United where they had like 80, 90, it was like some insane number of, yeah. of crosses they put into a single game. It, I'm not saying we're kind of at that point of, of, of looking clueless, but it's a similar concept for me. I mean, we're having a ridiculous number of shots per game. We had, what, 18 against Arsenal, mm. 18 against Newcastle, mm. but they're coming from from weird angles because we're relying so heavily on crosses and exactly. cutbacks and stuff like that. Mm. So, you know, I, I can see where Lampard may be thinking we're creating chances, but the quality of the chances and I think the quality of the build-up in the final third, to me, if you're going to go super fluid and super relaxed and a bit unstructured, you've got to have a lot better players than... When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. We have, you know... Mbappe, Neymar, whoever you're going to have in there, you know they have to be more intelligent, more attack-minded, maybe have more of a natural feel for for the final third. Because I think at the moment the lack of structure is is what's killing us, and it is killing us against teams like Newcastle. But also, you know, playing against ten men, yeah. we looked a little bit like all we could actually say get it wide and get it in the box was the only thing that we, that we really had in our locker. So yeah. going from super structured to unstructured, there's got to be a happy medium that I think Lampard's got to try and find. Okay, Jermaine, what are your thoughts on questions for like Chelsea? Crossing, inshallah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think the the most worrying thing about it is that, like, we pretty much just had no variation in our play in terms of like how to build chances. Yeah. Build, like, it was like just give the ball to Callum and kind of hope for the best instead of giving it to Reese James. It's like we've just we've just passed it on from yeah. Reese James and just given it to Callum. It's like yeah. it it didn't it didn't really make no sense. And the thing is as well, the the another worrying thing about it is that. Is is Lampard doing this because he actually has no faith in the midfielders in terms of like creating, like it doesn't it doesn't really bode well like for for what even Lampard thinks but, the team. But, but Jermaine, let me let me come I, in I here. Think, yeah, go on, go on, Dan. Yeah, because if it is about our creation thing, we've seen Barkley actually mm. create through the middle. So if it was really oh, I need someone to create through the middle, but I don't have that. He has that, mm. but he didn't play that. So I think it's a choice. Um. At this point, he's seen that actually that midfield three, this is just my opinion, he's seen that midfield three can go up toe-to-toe with the best midfields and control the game. Now, yeah. I, I know that Joe and, and you agreed at the beginning of the podcast that, yeah, it can be quite passive, but it's like there's two approaches. Either you try to try to get the win as soon as possible or you're more patient and you kind of, you know, like with that type of midfield, it's built not to win the game straight away. Yeah, you slow build up, like build up towards the win, yeah. Or you're basically, since you're controlling the game, 
it means you're getting more chances, the opposition are getting less chances. You're not going to do it straight away, but sooner or later, it's going to come through. But it's a slow thing. So I think the, the tactic worked when it was 11 versus 11. But I think that, yes, Lampard should have, especially that substitution, when Arteta, after the, the 10 men, we'll get into the kind of that incident, but I still want to get your thoughts on questions, Jalal. But after the 10 men, when Arteta made the decision not to bring on the defender holding, um, I think that should have been a call to Lampard to say, all right, cool. Especially the way the game was going, I need to make an offensive change to change the mentality on the pitch because that would have forced Arteta's hands into go to getting them even more defensive. Because even though they were, they was defensive, they kind of grew. And it came to a yeah. point where I didn't even see the fact that it was 10 versus 11. Yeah. Yeah, and I hear I hear that point. That makes sense. But like even with, even with the crossing as well, though, like I look at the players as well that we're even asking to get in the box, and yeah. like how many of them score score headers? Like how many of them even get onto the end of crosses like that? Yeah. Just generally in their career, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like Willian, he's never he's never been a player to, no. to be getting in the box and getting on the end of crosses. No. You've got you even if you ended up yeah with someone like Jorginho by a fluke in the box. Yeah. Look, look how tall is he? Do you know what I mean? Like, you've yeah. got Kovacic, like, the guy that just about knows how to score a goal. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, what the, the 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 whole method of, like, getting the ball to, to Callum or James and, and whipping it in, as quality as the balls may be, like you said, you need people, like, I, I think Joe mentioned it before, like, having the attackers with the nas to, like, and the movement okay. to get into the box right. and get into positions where you score. So, but so it's like, the players that we have, William don't even know how to get into okay. to, do the basics of getting so, into the back stick. So, so, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> Jermaine, he's standing wide left when a yeah. ball's coming in from Reese James. What good is that? It uh, doesn't make sense. All right, so let me ask you this, Jermaine and Joe. January is open. Lampard says, let's get a striker because we need finishing and Tammy needs help. So to me, that kind of sounds like he's saying that he wants Tammy to play but another striker on the field. So how does that striker fit in? To the formation, are we saying drop one of the wingers and one of, one of these strikers are positioned wide? And if we do have that, so let, let's say Cavani, we're linked with Cavani and Dembele. So let's say we get Cavani, Dembele, crossing Shalar Chelsea with Dembali and, and, and Dembele and Cavani. Does that work? Or Cavani, sorry. Does that work? Um, I think, to be honest, adding a striker to me only makes sense if we're if we're going to play uh, two out-and-out strikers. Yeah. Um, I think my, my big concern is, you know, people... Cavani, you know, if, if he's the player that comes in, yeah. that's the sort of profile he is, the name that he's... He's, he's obviously going to expect to be playing. Yeah. Um, you know, we've traditionally played a single striker. You know, I, I think we need to add another player who is either ultra-creative or, or a goal-scorer yeah. to Tammy, to, you know, so have more than one one consistent goal threat on the pitch. Just subbing Tammy off and... Putting in a, another striker, be that Dembele or be that Cavani, I still think that the okay, you know, they may be better finishers if you think they are, if, or you know, one way or another. But you still only really have that one consistent goal threat on the pitch. So, for me personally, you know, bringing in another striker, yeah, all well and good. You know, I, it'd be great to have a better option coming off the bench if it's not working out for Tammy. But unless the the plan is actually say to actually play them as a pair up front and and change change the system quite drastically to, from what we've seen this season, to me. I'd rather focus on getting either a, a super, super creative wide player or forward or, or midfielder in there or someone who is, is going to add goals. I think at the moment, as I say, one, one consistent goal for it. If you add another, at least, then you've got a little bit more in the team that's, that's likely to score. Fair play. Jermaine, what are you saying? Yeah, no, I think 
to, to be honest, I think if we get a better striker, we're just going to see even more crosses, to be honest with you. Like, that, that's all that will happen. Lampard will be like, oh, uh, well, yeah. we've got a striker that can score more goals now. Let's just get more crosses in. But like, in terms of like what I think get, getting another striker will do, I wouldn't mind seeing Dembele come in. Mm. And I also, like, I look at some of the games where we've drawn or where we've lost, mm. and a lot of them have been like by one goals. I think by one goal sorry I think like the only one that was like a, kind of like a beating was was Everton which was the 3-1 yeah but I look at games like West Ham where we dominated the first half and mm. you, you you could say if we'd have had someone a bit more clinical on the day maybe than Tammy yeah like because Tammy does miss quite like he does miss a few Tammy, Tammy's, like, Tammy's leading because Tammy's leading the big chance misses in the Premier League, according to PremierLeague.com. Yeah. Don't come at me for the stats, no, Chelsea no. fans. That's like the stats no, of PremierLeague.com. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, maybe if you look at the way we've lost games and the way we've, like, it's you know, the margins, the margins in terms of, like, what they've been, like, how small they've been. So you're saying it's Tammy's fault? No, no. <laughs> Jermaine, no, that's what you're saying? I'm not... I'm not even saying that, but what oh. I'm saying is, if if a Cavani or a Dembele maybe get some of those chances that we where we've dominated in the first half or where we've even dominated, like you said, we start off quick mm. and for the first 20, 30 minutes we're clinical with it. Two nil, we're two nil. Like, Kill the, the, game. the games, all them games are different. So yeah, so Tammy's Tammy's not doing the job according to Jermaine. But my thing is, Cavani yeah, is known for missing a lot of chances. So if yeah, you're saying I'll, that you I'll feel like Cavani can come in and do better than Tammy, what are your thoughts on Tammy? What are you trying to say? No, I prefer Dembele, though. I don't want Cavani. Okay, so you prefer Dembele. And yeah, so, yeah. so what are your thoughts on this, Jermaine? Are you saying... Are, are you see, can you see Jim, um, Dembele playing, like, wide left? I, 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 boy, I, I, I feel like he, he could do a job there. Yeah. I think he could do a job there. From yeah. what I've seen of him, he, like, he's, he's got enough pace. Yeah. He's definitely strong enough for the Prem. Yeah. And I think as well, like I think where Tammy's still growing and learning his trade as well in the Premiership, like yeah. this is only his second season in the Prem. I think Dembele, he'll be I think he'll be much stronger yeah. than Tammy. Like yeah. I think he'll be prepared to get roughed up a little bit by defenders. And yeah. I think that's where we could see a little bit of a difference up top as well. Like, I mean, like I would be really interested to see how Dembele does, like if he was to come to the Premiership. I mean, we we played Arsenal, who have Oba, Aubameyang, Aubameyang, <laughs> Young, like, and he plays on the left, and he's not really a left winger, but he's he bags from the left. Exactly, and, and if you look at them crosses as well. Sorry, Dad, to cut you off. If you you, okay. you know what I said about William, not, like not not yeah. coming in yeah. on the back stick and stuff like that. Yeah. Like you are gonna put crosses in. Yeah, if you've got, say, for example, Tammy there. Yeah. Then you've got, I don't know, if he does play Mount, you've got Mount that maybe is coming into the box as well. And then yeah. you've got someone like Dembele, yeah. who's hacking out wide, but not, you know, obviously not too wide. Yeah. But he's coming in to try and, you know, he's coming in with good movement into the box. Yeah. We're, we're probably are more likely to score from yeah. a few more crosses. Yeah. And just generally when we get one-on-ones or when we do get that one chance or, yeah. you know, a couple of chances in the first half, we probably are more likely to bag them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then that way change the game because like I said nil nils one nil against West Ham one nil yeah. against Bournemouth yeah. you see what I'm saying like, yeah, these are major major like points that we're dropping at the moment 100% and I do feel like I don't think it's a coincidence that we're linked with that we were linked with Werner who is a fast striker that can play on the left right, that yeah. we're linked with Cavani who at I think at every single club that I've known in Napoli, even the, was at Palermo. I think at Palermo, he, maybe at Palermo, he played just normal centre forward. But at Napoli, he's played left. At uh, PSG, he's played left. For Uruguay, he's played wide. So 
I definitely think the profile of striker and Dembele, I remember seeing him or just uh, maybe not even seeing him, but I remember when he was at Fulham and I was scouting him, um, I just remember for some reason that I knew that he was a striker that could play wide striker too. So I feel like all of the strikers were linked with off that, that profile of striker. And when I hear Lampard clearly say that Tammy needs help and he's got no intentions of dropping Tammy, I feel like this position, I think he's looking for someone to come in and play up front. And I don't think he's going to change in terms of... I feel like it's going to be like Cavani wide, maybe hudson Odoi on the right, and then Tammy through the middle. The, but, only, thing, the only thing is, though, yeah. I don't think we'd be able to put them on the left. That's the only problem. Because because the guy, the only guy that we've got that can cover the whole right side is James. On the left, it will be a myth. Because if we put a striker out there and we've mm. only got Aspie behind him... Oh, my no, God. No, we've got you can you can put Kovacic there. No, no, no. I'd put I'd put so wide left. I'd have Hudson in it, and then I'd put the striker that we're going to play out wide. Joe, what, what are you saying? Joe, Joe, what are your thoughts of all of? We chatted shit for a long time. You kept quiet. What are your thoughts on what we were talking <laughs> about? No, I mean, I think if, if you're if you're happy with with you know kind of the the, the structure of the midfield, then having like an actual wide forward makes makes complete sense. You know. It's a little bit like the structure maybe that the Liverpool have with with Salah. You know, he's not like a wide playmaker. He's he's not someone who is known for for you know his pure responsibilities of creating. He's there really to, to score goals and finish. And yeah. I think the the links with Dembele and, and Cavani and as you say Werner to me certainly suggest strikers that have either traditionally played in in pairs or have played as as kind of like an actual sort of front three in a wide forward position. So. Yeah. I think Dembele would be the one that I'd look at as, as more of a long-term signing. Um, you know, I think he's got got good physicality. I think he's what six six foot one. Mm. He's got you know obviously played a bit in the football in England. He's played in Scotland. I think he's really excelling in France. Yeah. Like one in two goals a game. Yeah. He's got he's got all the kind of stats. But I think in terms of his playing style, mm. as you say, as a as a wide forward for me, I think that would be something that's this interesting because I think you can you can get away with it if you've got that midfield. You can yeah. get away with having someone that's up front who maybe isn't as diligent tracking back. But if they're yeah. adding you know, if they're adding an actual serious goal for it, one yeah. every, you know, one in two, one in three, whatever. Yeah. Um, that to me is, is is worth certainly investing in. And let Dembele me, would be the, the guy that I'd look at. Let me chime in on this because I feel like what people should do is kind of look to Lampard's career because I feel like he draws a lot in his career. And I was on the main pod and I was talking about how he tinkers. I think people have missed that connection with Ranieri, the tinker man. But also, we saw, Lampard saw, not just we did, but Lampard saw a Nelka be a striker, and Ancelotti yeah. turn him into a wide forward because he was French, he had pace, he was PMP, you know, and he, he was a great <laughs> finisher too. So almost I can see him trying to re- recreate that Drogba and Nelka partnership with potentially Tammy and Dembele. Uh, what do you guys think about that? You see it? Yeah, actually, that, that's, a, that's a really, really good shout. And yeah. the thing with Dembele as well is if you're... If you're drawing the comparison with Anelka, I think Anelka was one of the best finishers, yeah. like pure finishers that I've seen at Chelsea. And Dembele yeah. also is someone who 100%. has got a really, really high shots to, to goal score ratio. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. I don't think he takes that many shots for a striker who's got you know 11 league goals. I don't think he takes pens at, at yeah. Leon either. I think he's got uh, 11 league goals. I think he takes two shots a game. So I mean, yeah. he's obviously doing pretty well in terms of his conversion ratio. So yeah. you know, high, high, a, a sort of high percentage conversion scorer. Yeah. Um, good finisher, as you say. I think he's got great pace, great physicality. Yeah. I definitely see the link him, Tammy up front. Yeah. You know, kind of sort of uh, with Dembele maybe tucking in a little bit from the right hand side, yeah. kind of maybe keeping it a bit wider on the left. It gives you a good little bit of balance and a little bit of variety up there as well. You don't just well, have to, you know, a group of players that are very similar, um, not creative, not going to take shots. So 
I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's certainly a good idea and definitely yeah. I think the, the Anelka comparison is very, very valid. And here's my thing. So, number one, both of you seem to kind of mention you'd like Hudson on the left and Dembele on the right. But Dembele, is he, is he right-footed or left-footed? I, know I think he can, he's a right-footed. He can, right yeah, he can shoot with both. I think I've, I yeah, can, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, can shoot with yeah. both. However, if, if the whole thing of bringing Dembele is, is to score, then why, did, why would you put Hudson on the left and Dembele on the right? Doesn't that it doesn't make less sense? In terms yeah, of... like, it, it, it kills it, but the problem is Aspley and the man they are killing us in it. So, like, but I don't, we... I don't, I don't think it is because number one, okay, well, to be fair, Lampard plays Aspley. As Aspley for some reason has to play, and maybe it's because he's captain. But number one, you can play Emerson to provide that yeah. natural whip, and Rich, number yeah. two, Kovacic, because he doesn't really offer that much going forward. At least he can provide that balance on that side. Um, so I don't think it's an issue for Dembele to play there and obviously listen when you've got two strikers in the box you want someone to cross into them now I know we've got Reese James but number one he could get injured and number two you don't just want one option and, and I think the, the good thing about Hudson on the right or the left is that he can go both ways he's like Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of when he especially when he was younger um, I actually watched a clip of him earlier but yeah you don't know whether he's going to go down the line or he's going to cut in and, and do something whether it's cross or do like a one-two in, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, do you feel like it's better for Joe? Do you feel like it's better for Hudson to be on the left and Dembele on the right if this were to happen? The the reason that I'd I'd play him opposite on the side of, uh, or maybe play him on the side that Reese James is on, is because I think if you're asking someone who traditionally has been a kind of very sort of you know central number nine type player, yeah, he'll have a tendency to play quite narrow. Yeah. I think James gives you natural width on the right hand side, so you're mm. not maybe you're not sort of compressing the the kind of field of play or limiting your options a little bit. If you've got a, a wide player who's maybe going to be, you know, tucked in more in kind of the width of the 18-yard box rather than maybe hugging a touchline, yeah. looking to sort of drag a fullback out of play. So I, I think, you know, Jermaine's point is, is very valid. If, if we had a, a left-back that I was, you know, I'm not going to say he's like Rhys Jones, but more, let's say, more of a modern type fullback on the left-hand yeah. side, I mean, I, I'd be more than happy for him to, to play on the left and keep Callum on the right with his crossing ability in particular. Yeah. You know, you've got two players attacking the ball, yeah. um, have having that natural instinct to attack the ball rather than one is would be a huge bonus. But I think just just if we're looking at the the structure of the team, James natural width on the right hand side that, yeah. that that would make me comfortable for Dembele to to Fair play enough. a little bit tucked in from maybe where you'd, you'd see Callum who would probably maintain that natural width a little bit more. Fair enough, and and, and like I kind of in my point, Anelka played wide right, right, and I think yeah. he's, he's right for it too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's get back to the Arsenal match. So we've talked about, we've done a deep dive on Callum. Um, we've talked about William. I know we brushed on Tammy, but um, what are your thoughts on Tammy during that game? I know, Jermaine, you've already kind of given us a little bit. So, Joe, come on. Unmute again, bro. Come back on the mic. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm so I'm so used to using Skype and work, so I'm always like muting and I'm muting. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I feel I feel Tammy had had an okay game. I think he he did well to 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 win the penalty from from Louise. I think that was that was decent play. Yeah. I think at the moment though, the, the one thing with with Tammy, and this maybe isn't so much a, a criticism of him, it's it's more sort of a, a point that I've seen is I think he he has a tendency to kind of get a little bit isolated in his play. And I think that yeah. maybe just comes with, you know, sort of being his first season in the Premier League, playing mm-hmm. against slightly more experienced centre backs who have got a little bit more kind of now and sort of the dark arts and stuff like that. But I do mm-hmm. find that he he can get a little bit isolated at times. And I think certain you know, in the, uh, not in, in some of the bigger games, but some games recently, 
Um, he's he's kind of got a little bit out of touch from his his wide players and stuff like that. And mm. you know, again, if I'm being a little bit more critical, I, I do agree with what Jermaine said a lot earlier that yeah. uh, you know, I think I think he should have scored um, sort of during the game at least at least one of the chances that he had. Yeah. It's you know, again, I think it's 15 big chances that he's missed this season. It's the same as Sadio Mane, yeah, um, exactly. but in a team that where he is the main goal threat, you know, it's it's a little bit high. Um, for yeah. someone you know, for who is is obviously getting some pretty decent chances in yeah. games, um, yeah. and you know when when it, he's kind of like the, you know sort of the difference in some of these games that like, because he's really the only shooter we've got playing in some games. If he's yeah. missing some pretty decent chances, then it, it reflects kind of on his performance I, as I a whole. That. So yeah, what I will say is that I never like to punish a player for a bad setup. So now I'm not saying I'm not even kind of criticizing Lampard, but if you're the only goal scorer then it's not your fault that you are the only goal scorer in the no, team. Especially in a team like Chelsea. And we can all say that actually he scored a lot of goals. But I agree completely with all of you in terms of... I think... Do you know what I think? I think because he's such an honest player and I think we saw it when we conceded the second goal. Like sometimes you can be too honest. So that there's some strikers that they don't make the runs. The other striker, they don't chase the ball down. Yeah. And do you know that? Crowds will love that. And I'm sure that Lampard... Will, will love players like that. That will chase like lost balls or whatever they call them all the way down. But the problem is, I think Tammy does that so often that it takes him out of the central areas. So it, it's, it's good for us because he's doing a lot of dog work. But at the same time, when you're our only goal scorer, yeah. we need you in that, in that spot. But then also potentially, if you're just going to be staying up there, again, you're not really connecting with the game. So it's almost like, it's almost, I understand why... Lampard might feel actually our, our most pressing need is another striker. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, so in terms of. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. A big kind of discussion point is Tammy um, getting injured and then coming back to help and then being at fault for the equaliser. I know we're kind of jumping to the end of the game. We still need to kind of get through the middle, but... What since we're talking about Tammy, um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like because I personally I think Tammy should have just stayed down. I don't wait, no way you're limping yeah. back. Joe, what are you what are your thoughts on it? No, I was going to say just jump in there, Dan. I mean, you know the the fact that he, he he's just sort of hobbling back, almost kind of you know like uh, being a little bit of a martyr. You know, like I'm still trying to sort of play on, etc. Just just lay down on the halfway line. I 100%. think him actually being back there. You're not, always, you're not always aware as a player that one of your teammates is injured, you know, and, and him being there, you're just naturally, you have a quick look, you see a blue shirt, you think that space is covered. Really, I mean, Bellerin has, has performed like the most insignificant, worst piece of skill cut inside but because <laughs> Tammy literally can't move. Yeah. You know, he's, he's created about six yards of space for him to have a shot in. So I don't think he really helped Emerson. I don't think he helped Jorginho. I don't mm. think he really helped the whole team by, by being there. He could, for me personally, just lay down somewhere, you know, because then at least... You know, if you're on the halfway line, then someone else in the team knows that they've got to come out there and close down the space and, and not just uh, sort of... I don't want to say it was a token effort. Like, I appreciate that he was trying to sort of get back there, but he yeah. could barely move. So, you know, he, I think he does a little bit more harm than good with his honesty, I think, as you say, a little bit earlier. Yeah. Jermaine, what do you say? What do you say? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I think as well, like, the moment other players saw that Tammy was going towards Bellerin, then they thought to themselves, yeah, oh, it'll drop. I don't need to, I don't, yeah, I don't mm. need to go now. So, yeah. like, even if Emerson still didn't defend the way he should have, yeah. like, the other players, like someone like Kovar or Jorginho might have ran, you know, a yeah. little bit closer towards Bellerin to kind of help close him down. Yeah. But where they've seen Tammy come back, and the maddest thing about the way Tammy come back as well is like he's jumped in to try and like jockey to like jockey Bellerin. Like yeah. you, you move, bro. Like mm. why are you trying to even jockey him? Like just chill and wait for him. At least just wait for him to shoot or something so you can stick a leg out. Like don't try and jockey him. You can't move. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So. I think he did kill Emerson there a little bit. Like, that just... That, that added salt to the wound for Emerson in terms of how poor, like, you know, the couple of mistakes he made in the game and that. But, um, yeah, just... Even generally, going back to Tammy as well in his game and that, I think, in the fact that Mustafi and Chaka were at the back, that's what disappointed me the most with, with yeah. Tammy on the day, is that I looked at the two centre-backs that were at, at the back for Arsenal. And as much as they did go into a low block, I feel like I expected... As, as well as he's done this season, and because he's set himself quite high expectations for this season in terms of how well he's done so far, yeah. I expected him to kind of run Mustafi or Chaka, any one of them, ragged. Mm. And, and it wouldn't have needed a Buendia-type through ball to, mm. to get through that Arsenal defence. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's yeah. not be... Like, I don't want to be too um, protective over the fact that, like, the midfield aren't great creators because Kovacic can see a pass, a basic pass at that, like a through yeah. ball. Jorginho as well, do you know what I mean? And and I don't think the movement was good enough to kind of get them thinking. Chaka or, or Mustafi it was just block after block. Yeah, He didn't really have to kind of follow any smart movement from Tammy, do you know what I mean? And that's, that's what I was disappointed with. Because I, mean, I thought we would have got through them a little bit more. I hear you. It's a, it's a tough job. I'm just thinking about it. We're asking him to be the focal point, stay in the centre to receive goals, but at the same time, run both of these defenders ragged. At the same game, time, come game, back. man. Costa was doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, bro, like, it's, if you want to be Chelsea's number nine, yeah, that's what it's gonna. That's, that's what it's yeah, gonna. Yeah, be. That's that's fair. Fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you wanna, if you if you wanna have limited responsibility in that, and you don't wanna have to do that, then that's fair. Go back to Aston Villa, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it like that, but I'm just saying. No, we've, just, we've established you <laughs> don't like it. You're saying it a little bit like that, yeah. We've nah, established nah, you don't like it. We've seen the change in tone of your voice, bro. Yeah, I know, I know man. <laughs> no, it's just but, disappointing, man. That, no, that, cool. that draw proper felt like a loss yesterday, it and is. I just felt like we, we definitely, we definitely. That like, Chaco and Mustafi is just embarrassing. I hear, man. You. I hear. Um, all right, so cool. I guess let's talk about Kante. Um, because Kante seems to be, I mentioned it on the other pod, but it seems like a lot of people are planning for life without Kante. We heard Joe talking about his injuries. We've heard people saying that, okay, he's not really adding much. Um, in terms of his performance, what are your thoughts on the Arsenal game? Because uh, we had a pod earlier and we said that, I right, cool, in big games, who is the player that usually kind of stands up for Chelsea? And we kind of looked back at it and was like, oh yeah, it's Kante. And I think that the next game... Again, Kante was a big game player for us. So, obviously, this was a big game. Uh, he slipped, so he had a big impact, but it was a negative one this time. But uh, taking away that slip, what do you think about his general performance in the game? I, I thought he played well. Like, 
the thing is, the slip's always going to overshadow how well he played in the Arsenal game. I thought Kante played very well. Yeah. I, did, I didn't really think. Apart from the slip, when else can you say that Kante, yeah. like, where did Kante play poorly? Do you know what I mean? Like, where was he poor? He controlled the midfield for us when we when needed to. We won back possession most of the time, like, when we needed to. Like, he was there most of the time when we needed him, and he was technically there for the Martinelli, like, break, yeah. but he slipped. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, like, I know it looks bad, but for me, I think Kante had had a had a decent game as usual. I just feel like now, again, it goes back to like where the attack are not doing their job and yeah. where we don't have that creative midfielder yeah. because people see Kante so far up the pitch. Yeah. Now he's been slaughtered for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I just think it's silly the way fans are looking at it. Yeah. They're looking at it as if to say, it's like you said, I think last, last um, even like with fans last season with Cover, because yeah. Cover was the one furthest forward, like not furthest forward, but he was... He was like meant to be one of the attacking yeah, because, midfielders because, as well. Because people expect the left central midfielder to be the box-to-box and attacking midfielder, yeah. they were yeah. getting at him. Yeah, exactly. And then they were getting onto him. Oh, he's not scoring goals. He's yeah. not getting assists. He's not yeah. doing this. Even with Jorginho, he's not getting assists. And now, it's, now with Kante, yeah. like, he's not getting, he's not scoring or he's yeah. not assisting. He can't create. Yeah. But we knew Kante can't create. Yeah. So... Why we've, does that? I don't understand. Jermaine, Jermaine we've seen oh. we've seen the same type of thing cycle through all of our midfielders. I remember last season when everyone was saying Kobe's not the answer, Barkley's the answer because Barkley scores goals. Then Barkley became not the answer, and it, it was Kante and it was Jorginho, and then Jorginho became the hated one. Our, our fan base seems to just cycle through whoever whoever's not playing is the answer, and whoever's playing yeah. when we're losing is the enemy. And that's yeah. why I kind of like to preach uh, more. Like Joe, I respect. I respect Joe's point against Jorginho because it's consistent. It's a long term. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's long, and it hasn't wavered. And and I'm trying. I'm trying to chip it down, but I, I, don't, see <laughs> I don't see it. I'm trying to send clips in. He's like, no, nah, I'm not having it. Um, I feel like as well. If you if you remember last season when um, we finally got Loftus Cheek, Kante, and Jorginho playing together. Yeah. When that clicked, it really clicked, and and. We were playing so well. There was like a nice balance. Yeah. Everybody was saying it was the, the best midfield. It was yeah. like, people were rallying and raving about it. Do you know what I mean? And if that comes back tomorrow and Loftus-Cheek starts, you know, doing what he was doing, like like creating, scoring goals, Kante's there, Jorginho's there. You. People are going to go back to, oh, we can't sell Kante. We have to keep him. Like, 100%. He's the best midfielder in the 100%. world. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... <laughs> also, what I'll say about that is... We only saw that midfield for a little bit. And so it's easy mm. for, for everybody to remember that midfield because it only played for a little bit. But problems mm. could have been... Like, if that was tested for longer, problems could have yeah. kind of come up. So it's... Yeah, that I'd like to see it again. And it seemed like something that... One of the midfields that had more balance to it because we had more, like, attacking from Loftus. But at the same time, he was doing better defensively. And we had Jorginho and Kante there. But, yeah, I mean... <sighs> I don't want to, like, yo, we had some good news. It's Loftus' birthday today as well. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he'll be back soon and we'll get to see it. But, yeah, back to the game. So, we talked about uh, Loftus. What do you guys think of Kovacic's I mean, Kante's. We talked about Kante. What do you think about Kovacic's performance? Um, so I, I don't really know what to say about it, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I think... Like in in these sorts of games, this the, the and again this this is a constant criticism I have of him that it doesn't really change really in mm. terms of you know season to season is I for a player that has for me so much actual technical ability yeah. that 
that I want him to do more when when the situation demands of it because yes. you know Jorginho and Kante against Arsenal were not doing a great deal in terms of really sort of using the ball in an attacking sense and yeah. Kova being the player for me that has the best ability to beat players in midfield mm-hmm. you know to actually carry the ball and has a slightly different threat mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't I just don't see why he is, I don't want to say he's completely ineffective in the final third, but I, I, I know some people see him as a creative player. I, I just don't see what he actually offers in games like this because okay. when you're trying to break teams down, and I'm even taking it back to when he came on against Newcastle and some of the games that I've seen him play where he played against teams with this sort of deep block, he's, he's almost, I'm not going to say he's useless, but he just, he's just, it, there's no point in him being on the pitch because all the neat and tidy stuff, all the great little triangles he plays, the great little shoulder rolls mm. and fakes in midfield, by the time he hit, he hits that block of defenders in you know, that kind of nine-man wall at the back, that's it. You know, and I, I, I felt you. a little bit against Arsenal, particularly when it went down to the ten men, and they they were really kind of sitting back and, and playing for the yeah. for the sort of small opportunities. That I just I, I was so I had absolutely no faith in him to do anything or create anything, and I hate having that in a, in one of the players in midfield. And yeah. it's not his fault in terms of the position and the perception of him, but. For me, I, I just want more from him because I think I think he's a great player. It's just I don't see anything really threatening for him when it needs to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like you even said it yourself. I think projecting what people think they should be, it's kind of like I go back to Hazard when people were expecting to be like a twenty-five goal. Yeah, twenty-five, and it's like, yeah, but his mentality is not there. Like, I feel like it's unfair. Like Kovacic, my thing is when we know we've got the power in terms of whoever's selecting the team. So Lampard has the power. He knows what Kovacic is. Like, all of this kind of, like, I expect you to be this because you're good at a ball. I hate that type of talk. Now, I understand it might be frustrating, but we know what Kovacic is. And I, to be fair, I can't. you can't blame Lampard because he didn't know that um, Arsenal will go down to 10 men. And I think that actually the 4-3-3 started well um, with that. So now, I agree. I agree in terms of... we. In terms of beating a low block, we probably need to be a little bit more aggressive. So if Kovacic came off early, you know, Lampard has done uh, early substitutions before. If Kovacic came off early for a Mount or a Barkley, I wouldn't have complained. But I, d- I just feel like Lampard against 10 men, he needs, I think he needs to do some work. Um, so obviously, yeah, that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, the Ajax game as well, we went down to 10 men. They look like they, we went down to nine men. Am I correct? Yeah, nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they looked like they had the same number as players as us. Arsenal, they were playing better than us with 10 men. So there's something severely wrong um, with something. I don't know. what I don't know what you guys have thought. So I know that, um, Jermaine, you're saying that obviously it went to a deep block. I think we can all agree we find it more difficult to replace a deep block. But the interesting thing, the reason why Arteta didn't want to bring holding on is specifically a mental thing. He thought like, yeah. right, cool, if I bring this on, all of the players are going to mentally think, let's withdraw. Um, and so that's the reason why he didn't make the change, because he could see that it was very positive. Now, I think mentally, the crowd at Chelsea don't trust Chelsea uh, when we're... Like, I think they're just impatient, I think, personally. And I think that kind of put pressure on Chelsea to win the game within the next five minutes after someone got sent off. And then that yeah. was kind of like the beginning of the end. But Jermaine, do you have like any thoughts on this? The fact that we can't see, we seem to be worse when we're playing against 10 men. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's proper disappointing. And like, even going back to, just quickly going back to Kovacic, it's like, I thought 
when we went that when they went down to ten men, I thought Kovacic was going to be a bit more risky in terms of I know he likes to dribble a lot, so I thought he was going to try and commit a few more players, yeah. and not even expect him to do the assist, but like I I, I was expecting his his you know pre-assist to be like a bit more positive mm. so like the pass before the assist I thought he was going to try and you know slot a few players through or mm. for them to get the assist you know what I mean but yeah. it's like he weren't even doing that and he, and we we stayed pretty safe when they went down to 10 men and that was it was the most frustrating thing to watch but, but, but you can agree I, that it's it, sometimes it's more difficult to play against 10 men than it is 11 yeah yeah, and I was just about to say as well, not only did it make them concentrate more on defending, like just generally you're more mm. switched on when you go down to 10 men because you mm. know you're a man down. But like what 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 happened as well, which was credit to Arteta, is that he didn't really change his attack. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. initially all they were waiting for is for us to make a mistake and their attack was pretty much the same. They, yeah. were, they were attacking us pretty much in the same way. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? They, yeah. they left Ozil on, Martinelli was still there, Pepe yeah. was still there. They were still doing the same things. Yeah. It was just that they had one less man when they were defending. But like yeah. I said, they were much more switched on. Yeah. So Lam it was up to Lampard, like you said, Dan, to like change change up his like his way of breaking the team down. Yeah. Cause you can't just keep spamming in crosses. Like yeah. you said it against Newcastle before. Yeah. Where it was like double the amount probably because of Callum and James on the pitch. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it's just it's just disappointing, man. It's like, just disappointing to see. And what I, what I'll say again is, against ten men, if you're still, if you're built as a team to spam crosses in, mm. that means that you need to get bodies into the box, right? Yeah. And if you're playing, you're playing like obviously when you're ten men, you're a counter-attacking team, so that kind of strategy plays into their hands because it means that you're getting bare man forwards to trying to get at the end of these these crosses. Yeah. And then and then they can kind of get in behind, and that was kind of like even though the goal came from was it a, a, a corner, a no, corner yeah. kick, but um, I didn't I didn't think we needed because we were trying to win the game within the next ten minutes. I don't understand why so many people were forward. Do you know what? Even even sorry that even yeah. like the lack of thought process. Yeah, you could yeah. see yeah there was lack of thought. Like there was yeah. there was no thought process behind it because like he what he did in the end he went back to the Burnley the Burnley team. Yeah. You know, like Mount and Barkley. Yeah. Oh, I'll just try Mount and Barkley now because yeah. it was Burnley in the low block. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. that's what it looked like. Yeah, that that's what was even more annoying. It was like, ah, oh, it's just like when did you figure out that it was going to be maybe two attackers that was going to change the game, or are you just like throwing, you know, you just throwing the kitchen sink at it now because yeah. you think, oh, I don't know what else to do. Yeah, I mean, it's worrying. I can't remember who it was, but I remember there was a Chelsea manager that actually prepared for this. I think it was Conte, maybe. But they prepared for playing against 10 men. So he knew what to do, and the players knew what to do when they went down to 10 men. And there's just an assurance that when people know, okay, the game's changed, how to handle it. And I think that game management in general was poor. Game management from Lampard was poor. Uh, From the players was poor. Obviously, they didn't pull it out when Tammy went down. I think even the Chelsea fans... Uh, not just Chelsea fans in the stadium, but I just saw everybody was mad impatient. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts in this whole situation? I think the the last word you said there is is probably the most pertinent one for me is is the impatience. You know, I think the thing that I, I associate particularly with playing Jorginho and Kovacic is our ability to control a game and actually play at a tempo that suits us. And mm. what I, I really didn't understand, particularly after the penalty, was why didn't we just put a foot on the ball, slow the game down and, and actually sort of play the game at a tempo that suited us? We seem yeah. to 
being patient. We seem to be in a hurry. I think we, we crossed the ball at over 30 times, which for a Chelsea team is is a bit crazy considering we only had sort of, as you say, one guy in the box against against 10 people. Um, mm. it, it seemed to be that we we just sort of constantly in a hurry to to sort of, you know, score score the second goal, almost mm. like we don't trust ourselves defensively. So let's, yeah. you know, let's rush around and try and get a second and give ourselves some some sort of cushion. And mm. you know, even even when Aspilicueta scored the the second, you know, yeah. towards the sort of end, I mean, it, it was kind of a little bit undeserved, you know. And, and even then you're thinking, okay, we've, we've got away from here, like just defend. And then, as you say, I mean, the, to then give the game up again, like two seconds later, the... The lack of, I think, like professionalism from some of the players yeah. is is alarming. I mean, you know, yeah. we can talk about Lampard's setup, and I, I really think that there are a lot of questions that he's got to start asking himself about how he approaches his in-game management in terms yeah. of, you know, being too passive or too aggressive. You know, yeah. he doesn't really seem to get the balance right in terms of how he yeah. how he plays things. But there are players in this team who have got a significant number of international caps who, mm. I think, as Jermaine say, you know. Just, just kick the ball out, regroup. You know, Tam, yeah. Tammy's injured. Don't, don't sort of, you know, yeah. uh, whatever is going on in in Emerson's head. Yeah. You know, it just seemed to me like such a strange personal yeah. decision to make. And then, as you know, like five, you know, was it five seconds later, whatever? Bellerin is stuck one in the bottom corner. So, it, it it's a little bit, I think, on some of the players. I don't think that 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 professionalism, that maturity, that yeah. that kind of nous that we've had previously is there. But yeah. also. You know, I think Lampard has got to start looking at, at how he manages games because it's you know if Plan A doesn't work in the first thirty minutes, then it then it, you kind of almost you can feel the weight Panic. and the pressure on the team to score the goal. And I've, I've not yeah. I've not really felt that with a Chelsea team for a very very long time. Like they're yeah. they're almost being crippled by their own expectation or their own inability to yeah. to believe that they can actually grind out a win in the second half. It's if yeah. Plan A doesn't work in the first forty minutes, then yeah. you know let's just start shelling crosses in the box and let's just hope something comes off. Hundred percent. And and our home form is particularly bad. And I think in front of the crowd, Lampard feels the pressure to excite yeah. the crowd. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I feel like panic is a, is a big kind of recurrent theme, I think, in terms of when we start going through this bad patch. It's, it's like, can we move the ball quicker? Can we do it quicker? Can we? And we're trying to win the game in, in 10 minutes and 20 minutes, and it's a, it's a long yeah. game. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about um, the full-backs. Emerson, Azpilicueta, um your thoughts on either of them? I'm, I'm not. Sure. I don't care which one. Joe, um, I think. I mean, Aspi kind of is what he is at this point in time. Um, I didn't think that he was. He was too bad. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And actually in the game, you know, obviously the score the goal, etc., which, which obviously bumped his ratings up with most people. But I think he had, a, he had an OK game. I think Emerson is the one possibly that I think disappoints me a bit. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of speculation linking in with moves away, etc. And I think he he looks a little bit to me. And again, this is just a, a personal thing. I don't. There's not really anything behind it apart from what I'm looking at. But he seems to be a little bit distant and a little bit kind of a bit laissez-faire in his attitude. Um, you know, the 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 fact that he didn't just smash the ball into Rose Ed uh, is is peculiar. The defending on the goal again. You know, we can we can look at Tammy's role in that. But I would still expect a 
a left back to to be a little bit more aware. I mean, there was, I, I can't yeah. remember if there was an overlapping runner or not, but I, I can't remember there being one. Yeah. You know, if there's not an overlapping runner, then then press the ball. Um, I, yeah. I just think, you know, from, from what from what we saw of him at times last season and what we've seen from him at times this season, mm. some of his good performances, he's, he's almost a little bit like the William of fullbacks in that he has some really, really nice games, really nice moments. And then sometimes when he's he's not at it, it's it's a little bit disappointing. So, yeah, not, not, for, not for me, not for one of his brightest games. And I think, again... Yeah. You know, for the for the final goal, he had for, you know two chances, both in terms of closing him down, but also the the decision not just to just put it into Rose Edwards was a bit perplexing. Yeah, I mean, like this is another cut in on the on the right. That I know, I I think it was City. It happened, and yeah. it happened against Liverpool too. Salah, yeah, Salah. But like I remember, it was Kovacic it, the City game. It was Kovacic in front of him last time. But I just feel like this is it was that. Do you know what killed me about that one? I don't know if it was just because it was the end of the game, but that was slow motion. It that cut in that was pathetic. Like <laughs> somebody, like I know maybe you're tired, but like fucking hell, man! Somebody yeah. do something. I think we've said before that he struggles with. He really struggles with inverted wingers, like wingers that that are left footed who play from the right. Yeah. He seems to have massive problems. I know Bellamy's not left footed, but anyone sort of literally cutting inside. It's like he reverts to like a Sunday league player if he can't trade him down the line. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know what I'm disappointed with Emerson too? It's like he doesn't, going forward, he's more likely to shoot from a wide area than he is to kind of cross it in. And obviously, we have <laughs> enough crosses. I know we have enough crosses. But it's like... <laughs> yeah. Damn, what's more crosses? <laughs> but, you know, like, his shooting is like, it's more likely we'll score from one of them crosses that we don't score from than his yeah. shooting. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Dan wants Marcus Alonso back there. Well, hey, listen, Joe, listen, listen. Uh, this is the worrying thing about uh, Emerson, how poor Emerson's been recently, yeah? Yes, um, not yesterday. When when we played Arsenal, after that night, I, I actually sat there and thought to myself, wow, I think we might have won that game before Alonso played. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I, like, I, was, I was like, what, Alonso might have popped up with a goal. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's one of our big goal threats, our left back. That's true. Listen, I, I get onto him a lot. Yeah, you you lot know how much I hate Alonso, but mm. like Alonso actually has got a wonder of a left foot. I'm never, yep. I've, I've never ever criticized. He loves a match winner, doesn't he? He does love a match winner as well. So yeah, and and, and, and I, I think he knows a little. I feel like he has a little bit more even passion, like yeah. in towards like yeah. some of the games when yeah. we, when we're playing Arsenal. I feel like he 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 proper wants to show up for it. He yeah. knows what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Bit, yeah. I can't believe even, what this podcast has become. Jesus Christ, like, I'm going to join you. The worst thing is, when you're talking about a left-back scoring against Arsenal, we had it with Wayne Bridge in important games. Like, maybe if he played that game, he would have made a difference. But, I mean, that's enough said on that shit. It's just, it's just, that's how bad, though, like, yeah. three of our full-backs are playing at the moment, yeah. to be honest with you, like. It's it's just poor, man. We've yeah. got one good fullback, one. That's better than none, which was we had last season. So, <laughs> so we're, we're making progress. Yeah, we're definitely making progress. Joe, I'm gonna give you the floor to talk about your boy Jojo. You know how to call him Jojo, man. <laughs> you know it winds me up. Oh, I don't even know where to start with him. It's become a recurring. <laughs> I mean, yeah. are, are, we, are we talking about this game in particular, or well, just, just are we talking generally? Yeah, listen, listeners, I implore you to skip five minutes forward, because it's going to be some of the same shit, but yeah, no, I'm talking about this game particularly. What are your thoughts on Jorginho? 
thought, I thought he scored a great penalty. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's 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 certainly something that I will one million percent give him credit for. He's one of the best penalty takers I've seen. Um, certainly for Chelsea, that the technique and all that is is incredible. Um, I, I I mean, I struggle just to see the the value of of having him, and I, I go back to the the Newcastle game as well. Some mm-hmm. of these teams now content on sitting back there. Yeah. You know, I, I was never really. I'm you know, it, it, people know my personal preference for midfielders. I like physical players. I like quick players. I like people that are technical, can dribble, etc. Mm. You know, Fabregas and, and Jorginho. Fabregas maybe a little bit more so, but Fabregas and Jorginho are not really my kind of of holding players. Mm. But you no, know, he, he doesn't have that that Fabregas range of passing or that eye or the vision or that radar that Fabregas had. Um, mm. I just I just don't I just don't see enough in him to Joe, justify. Joe, Playing someone in that position, you know, to he doesn't have the long ranger. He doesn't really seem to do yeah. for me a, a lot of progressive passing, a lot of aggressive passing. It's for he, he, the word I describe him in, in Cover is is passive, and I don't I don't like passive midfielders. And okay. you know, for all of the control, and I, you know, I, I get I, I certainly see the value for him, and I've I've seen him play well, and I, I will admit to seeing him play well in in big games where where the element of control is needed, but. Yeah. You know, the majority of teams you play are not your Man Cities and Liverpools. They are the, you know, the Burnleys, the Newcastles, and these yeah. other teams that, that we play against. And I think more often than not, the teams who sit deeper, I just don't, I don't see the point in having that. I'd rather okay. play someone who is a little bit more aggressive in terms of their passing, two box to box midfielders, and actually try and have a bit more of an attacking threat. But and you know, defensively, I, I'm not going to bore people to tears. You know, but but I just. I can't have a player in midfield who who referees actually can outrun. I mean, that that to me is like the most oh, criminal okay. thing in the Premier League when you've got your... There was the another player, I can't remember who it was, but there was another player, maybe it was the Arsenal podcast, but the referee, I think it was Lacazette, apparently the referee outran him. But you know what, yeah? What I will say is, listeners, Joe, Jermaine, imagine this. Let me paint the picture. Imagine if it was Jorginho that slipped rather than Kante. Imagine what everybody will be saying. This is why we can't have Jorginho. This is why we need a player like Kante there. Imagine if Kante was there, he would have stopped it. Now, obviously, that's what happened. I can't remember. It happened last season. I think Jorginho was trying to run back and on the counter and he slipped. But my thing is, I don't know what your thoughts in it, Jermaine, is. Against teams that play a low block, so obviously Arsenal were deeper when they get got a man set off, is Jorginho useless, Jermaine? I, mm, I I think that's quite harsh to be honest with you. I don't I don't think I don't think he's useless. Yeah. I think I think okay. as well. Like ineffective is maybe a slightly better word. I don't think okay. he's like right. entirely like the. I okay. don't think he's like the worst footballer right. put on a Chelsea okay. shirt. Ineffective. Okay. I would use right. So so so, so so is he ineffective, Jermaine? No, I, I yes. don't think. I, I, <laughs> Go on. I don't think I don't think he's ineffective because um. He, he does. It depends who he plays with in the midfield because he does still have good link up. And when he, if yeah. he's high enough, up, uh, if he's high enough up the mm. pitch, he can still have like he's still got a good, a decent passing range. But I think Jorginho looks so much worse as well when the movement around him is so shit. Yeah. So like, I don't really. Sometimes I don't get onto Jorginho as much in terms of in in the attacking phase because I feel like. We had the same problem last season with Sari. Yeah. Sari bought Higuain because he, there was so much lack of movement up top. Mm. And Tammy, like I said, in that game, people might say different, but Tammy's movement wasn't great in that game. Like he didn't, he didn't get Mustafi and Chaka running back towards goal enough times. I watch again. I watch again. Yeah. My thoughts on it, but, but he didn't. And uh-huh. Jorginho, all the time when I watch Jorginho as well, yeah, He's you looking. can have, like, people can watch a, a few more games, but you'll always see when Jorginho gets the ball. 
he's always directing and telling people where to be, where yeah. to run, yeah. where to move. Yeah. Like, if he's doing that, that it's not just a problem with Jorginho. There's mm. a problem. There's a massive lack of understanding yeah. between players as well in, in terms of where they're meant to be moving and, and how they're going to bring the best out of him. Yeah. It's not just his job to bring the best out of other players. They've, yeah. they've also got help bring the best out of Jorginho. Okay. So, in terms of Hudson, Tammy, Willian, who we know don't move for mm. shit because he just wants to get the ball to feet and, and run into two man, yeah. stand up, sh- shake a shoulder and that's it. It's, it's bullshit. Like, yeah. with Jorginho, you need to move around a minute. And yeah. that's why when Loftus-Cheek came in, for me personally, when Loftus-Cheek came in, yeah. you, saw a, you saw a much better side to Jorginho. Them two like to play together. Yeah. You saw a much better side from Jorginho and it wasn't a coincidence. Yeah. Like, it was not a coincidence. Like, you saw better movement in the midfield yeah. and... I don't know about the attack. We we did have Hazard and Hudson in a few yeah. games, but not enough to say that was the reason why. But we did have Hazard, though. So. Yeah, Loft- Loftus is a big fan of Jorginho. One thing I would like to say, we talked about Cesc, but I think that people underestimate the fact that Cesc isn't a deep-lying playmaker. Like, even when um, Conte tried to play there, he was like, I'm learning this new position. I remember when he was younger at Arsenal, I think he played in a two, more box-to-box. But he's like, he even himself, he doesn't consider himself a deep-lying so if you're seeing had problems as well say again Cesc had massive problems playing there yeah exactly because like Cesc admittedly held his hand up I'm not I'm attacking playmaker so that when mm. people say that they see Cesc being more of a person to break down defences yeah because that's literally what he's been born to do that's all he cares about the assist where I feel like sometimes people kind of put the attacking onus on the defence the deep the deep line playmaker and Busquets job isn't to break down defences like I know Perlo would love those balls at the top, but I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't watch Milan, and I feel like a lot of these people kind of have mad, unrealistic expectations of a deep-lying playmaker like Mikel. I know a lot of people don't even see him as that controller, deep-lying play, playmaker, anchor, whatever you want to call him. It wasn't his job to break down defenses, and it's just the same way as like okay, Xabi Alonso had balls over the top and 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 Carrick as well. It's none of these players' job to break down the fences. Their job is to have some sort of control on the, the, the deeper end of midfield. Now, we remember, what game was it, where Jorginho was brought off when we were trying to win the game. And it, was it the Ajax game? Something, I can't remember what game it was. Valencia. Valencia. And we yeah. lost that control. And so, even though we were chasing the game, and, and, yeah. and, and Lampard thought, let me bring him off, we lost that control. And that control, when you need to score a goal, is so important because so many people are going to go forward that you need something to counterbalance that. And one thing I have liked about him in these games, like these games where we're playing against deep blocks, is often, because that deep block is there, the ball come out to a player like Jorginho and then he's thinking about what to do in terms of moving the team around from a deeper place because your attacking playmaker isn't going to be as useful there unless they can dribble through them. But that's just my thoughts on it. I know, like, yeah. Joe doesn't like Pointinho. He doesn't like the point of the fingers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, one thing I will say about about Joe's point about having a different midfielder in there, though, is that okay. it, we I, I do think we do need the option of having a different midfielder in there that is kind of like a, a destroyer that just yeah, 100%. and has got a little bit more legs and energy when we do need to maybe 
you know, like straight away, for example, oh, we never had no, any more subs when when we scored the goal against Arsenal. But say, for example, if we did, you could you could bring on, you could take off somebody like a Jorginho and then put somebody on like that I, to I, just I, ensure. I, that, I, I you don't. Know. I don't think that makes sense. I'm gonna be honest. Like at that point, I think you need. I think you need a controller at that point. At a point <laughs> when you're chasing the game, right? When the ball comes out. I mean, you can say just lump it in there, but at, like, really and truly, uh, I don't know if that's the best. Like, get everyone forward, lump it in there. I don't know. Sometimes you need someone just there to kind of recycle it. Everybody else gets forward, but you need someone smart when it comes out. I don't know what the point is for like a, a destroyer at that point. What- not even just for a sub. Not even just for a sub, though. That was probably a shit, shit example. Yeah. But like, um, even just for the for the game itself, like for a different game itself as well. Even if he doesn't start, I think I that you, you need that option in midfield like you do need to have that because you can have a different style of midfield as well like yeah. for certain games like, I don't know. I think, I don't, we talk about not rotating the midfield too much but like I mean I my whole man. my whole thing is I, I know Joe's big on um, PMP well, yeah, well, I like I'm, PMP I've literally got all the shares in PMP FC yeah, so, yeah. uh, I don't know man um, but no what I'm saying is like, even the, the players you like for that position, they're still, to me, they've still got some sort of controller ability. So, like, I've always said... Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so like, this is what I'm saying. Like, it's not... A, like, you, I still feel like Joe still appreciates that you need that kind of control, control. That controlling yeah. player. So, like, th- having a pure enforcer there, I just don't know. That can't ball. Like, that, that, we're talking about Declan Rice. Do you feel like Declan no, Rice... No, 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 no. See, no, no, no. See, but no, no. He's, he's like a million cent away from, from ex- anything that I'd ex- sign. Exactly. I know, I know I've mentioned him a few times, but someone like Berg, yeah. Sander Berg, is, he's got physicality, but he's got so much technique as well. Exactly. And I think so, it's, it's, the, it's the, the physical side that I think we miss. People who, people who can you can destroy midfield, but also play. Exactly. Is, is, that's, that's, that's my ideal person in that position. Yeah, I think that... Jorginho can do the playing. I, I think a little bit his passes, and, and this is sometimes what annoys me, is I think his passes lack a bit of punch when yeah. he goes for distance. They float a bit, and that also yeah. irritates me. Yeah. I prefer someone who can drive the ball a bit further. But, you know, he's, he's got the technical side for me, but I, I want someone who 100%. can... Yeah, and, and that's why I used to love John Obi Mikel, because, yeah. you know, he was... You know, try try getting the ball off of him in midfield, yeah. and, and he and, would. And he he'd have great tactical fouling ability. He he could hold the play up. He yeah, was physical. And strong. Still. But he was smart. Oh, he was slow, yeah, but he was physical. You know, <laughs> but he but, <laughs> he, but he was smart. Everyone used to say sideways passes. He just knew how to control a game. Yeah, at that he, was, point. he was perfect. Yeah, he, he he like that Arsenal game. He could have taken a sting out of it by controlling yeah. it. So the only reason why I kind of bring that up is that like, I understand that Joe doesn't just want an enforcer there. Otherwise, Declan no, Rice, Joe would want Declan Rice. So. Like, when people say, "Well, we need a different type of player there," I don't know. I still feel like even Joe thinks actually we need a controller there. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about Kepa? Because you were saying, I can't remember. Someone said earlier in terms of everybody seems like they're frightened that you know we're we're, we're not going to hold on to a lead, and I feel like maybe we've got good reason why because I'm, we're not going to go over all the stats again. But it seems like you shoot, they shoot, they score. Uh, I'm seeing links with. With other keepers now, I'm seeing Nick Pope's name mentioned. I'm seeing Chelsea are looking for new keepers. Um, what are your thoughts on Kepa? Is he to blame? A lot of people are saying, ah, oh, those shots, like, they were difficult to save. But what are your thoughts on Kepa? Um, I, I saw something interesting. Um, I can't remember the, the, the analyst who put some stuff up, but there was a comparison between us and Liverpool in terms of 
like the number of high quality shots that Kepa's face versus Allison and the sort of similar areas and stuff like that. And mm. I think the, you know, obviously Liverpool have conceded so, like, like an enormous amount, you know, in terms of, of less than us in terms of goals. So there's, there's certainly something in, in terms of the fact that we're, we're giving up sort of similar, similar positions and similar, maybe similar quality of shots, but Kepa just isn't saving them. Um, the thing I saw today, and I, I, these numbers may be a little bit out of whack, but there's, I think there's 137 goalies in Europe that qualify for this save percentage stat or something like that. And Kepa is 132nd out mm. of them, which is, for the money we pay for him, is crazy. And you guys know my theory. If you pay top money for a player, I, I expect them to perform. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just not seeing it. And, you know, I, I'm not blaming, I'm not throwing everything on him. Mm. You know, I think particularly the the, the the sort of amount of high quality chances we can see, particularly central chances, come from our inability to defend set pieces. And that comes a little bit from from the coaching, but also I think some of our players are just not great at defending set pieces. So there's a little bit kind of mixed in with that. You know, I mean, the, the question I ask is if there's a big save to make at the end of the game and it's Kepa and their striker, I don't have a lot of confidence in him to, to make the save. And, and that concerns me, particularly for the money we've spent and particularly because yeah. of the, the length of the contract as well. And I think that, that that sort of lack of confidence, when you haven't got a back four that's settled and experienced and, and kind of calm and things are a little bit kind of up in the air and changing all the time, that whole dynamic, I think, is is way off in producing sort of a, a kind of calm environment. And he just, you know, he may be a good player, but he might not be a good Premier League player. You know, he, he doesn't have the physicality in, in the box. Don't see him come for crosses. I don't see him flatten people, like punching the ball out. Yeah. He doesn't seem to communicate that much during games to me. So I'm not, I'm not super sold on him. Fair. Jermaine, what are you saying? Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. I think with, with Kepa, I think one of the, the things that, that I feel like people don't really speak about enough is probably his communication as well. Yeah. Now, I think communication in it's, terms of from your keeper is key. I think we've all we've all played yeah, we've all played ball and I think yeah. like when your keeper has good communication, your positioning automatically improves. And I feel like he doesn't have that with the back four at the moment. So that's a massive reason as to why we're probably so out of position in some set pieces and, you know, just crosses that come into the box. It just looks like a shambles when it comes in there. But I think with Kepper as well, the worrying thing about him is that is is so many things as well that, that are contributing to him not not saving some of the some of the shots. Yeah. So like positioning, like strength of his wrists, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of his his lack of like presence in mm. the box. He doesn't he doesn't really come out to try and flatten players or whatever like when the ball's there to be won mm. like everything that even his kicking recently do you know what I mean like even so like I don't know what it is whether it's like as well like lack of concentration there's so many things yeah he almost gave away a goal at the beginning of the game when he yeah. Kicked it yeah 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 do you see what I'm saying so yeah. all of those things like even if you improve two or three of them yeah we're still going to be conceding because of two of those things that I just mentioned yeah. so it's like it's <laughs> It's not what I'm saying. We're lacking chance creation in terms of what's the name, but we're giving the other team chance creation by passing it straight to them. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Um, Kepa, I think I've said enough on it. Um, it looks like they're looking for new goalkeepers. Um, yeah, I think enough is still on it, man. I think the, the scary thing is, is that everybody knows now. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. talking about yeah, other yeah, clubs yeah. know now. And so um, they're probably going to try and take advantage of it. They're probably going to target him more, which isn't, which isn't good for us. Um, that is an interesting point. If you watch, uh, we watch when teams take set pieces now, they really take liberties where they put the ball. Yeah. You know, that sort of whole six yard, like between the goal and the six yard, uh, the, the six yard line. 
yeah. you know, teams normally if you've got a big, big, tall goalie, you're not going to put in there because he's just going to come out and catch it. Mm. But now, if you watch now, where team and I've I've seen commentators say, oh, you know, it was a great delivery, you couldn't do much about it. But mm. the, the reason they're they're having confidence to stick it so close to the goal is because he won't come for it. Yeah. I think the more teams know that, the more teams are going to be like, oh, just bang it in there, and someone yeah. will get a touch on it. Yeah. It's it's tricky. Chris Jensen, anyone got anything to speak to say about him? Oh man, what a game, bro! Yeah. Again. Flipping solid, bro. I have to shout out Meads because yeah. Meads even said straight away, but he was like, AC is one of the best yeah. that we've got, bro. And and I think, like, I'm definitely one of the culprits when it, when I get too emotional and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck Jorginho, man, or fuck Christensen or whatever. Like, yeah. this is wrong, but I'm not going to lie. With Christensen, when he when he first came into the team under, like, under Conte, yeah. like, when he had his decent spell under Conte, I thought to myself, geez, man, we've got a proper gem here. Like mm. when he when he first came in. Yeah. And I feel like so many fans, even including myself to a degree, kind of lost that lost that kind of faith in terms of like him yeah. being that good again because yeah. of like the amount of time he'd had out of the team. Yeah. He just looked like when he was playing even against Everton, it just kind of looked like, oh, that's the nail in the coffin now, boy. Like he's not really going to be coming back from that. But. Jermaine, I've heard you say nail in the coffin for so many players so many times. <laughs> yeah, I've bro, heard you it looks like, like it. No, but it I'm not just saying for Chris Jensen, like I'm talking about other players as well. Like, I feel like you should drop that phrase, bro. <laughs> drop that the phrase. The Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. Nah, nah, nah. But, it, it, but with AC, I definitely have to shout him out because he, he, he looks so comfortable at the back as well. And he's shown, like, on the ground, he's, he's, he's solid. Yeah. In the air, solid. Yeah. So... I think now it's just a question of just sticking with him and hoping that he progresses even more so to like mm. the player that we all we all pretty much and, hope and, he and needs he, to be on. He is an academy player. Like I feel like sometimes you yeah. forget that in that whole kind of back your own shit. Like Christensen. To be fair, all players like I don't give a shit. Even even the Keppers and the Williams like they're Chelsea players now, it? So we should back really all of them. But obviously, guess who, guess who it is in the nail on the coffin for though? One hundred percent. Kepa. Nah, bruv. Rudiger, fam. He can cut. I've really? seen, seen him post I seen him post a picture um, after the game uh, yeah, of him shouting. Oh, I'm always <laughs> shouting, bruv. <laughs> fucking shouting. Shouting to the fucking... To the cows uh, come okay. guys. For what? What are you shouting for? Don't do shit. Yeah, He's man. annoying, bro. Uh, Alright, cool. So, transfer window. We ain't got much time left. What are you guys hoping to see? We'll use this as that, a way to wrap up the podcast. Oof. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see a creative player come in. Um, Any names? Or, uh, uh, no, no one really that's attainable. Then that's the problem. Um, well, give me. Give I think me I, you know, Zaha is still the obvious one that I'd like to go and get, okay. but they're not going to pay the money or the wages. Yep. If it's not an attacking player, I'd, I'd like to go and grab a left back, okay. uh, Grimaldo or Teller. Any anyone really that's a bit can get up and down and, and, and has a bit of technique about them. Okay, fair play, Jermaine. Yeah, I would if 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 Chelsea could try and pull it out of the bag that last minute special shit that they do that you told me about that. Yeah. yeah, then I hope hopefully they can pull them belly out of the bag and yeah, then that'd be great. Maybe yeah. maybe I don't know take a punt on Tellers like if if he's there if the if the links are true. Yeah, where he's good going forward. So more crosses. <laughs> yeah, them belly banging yeah. them in yeah. might bench Tammy, but you know. Yeah, I mean. Like we said earlier, that, that whole Dembele on the either wide right or wide left and Tammy up front, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be an interesting thing to happen. But also, in terms of, I know that summer 2020 is Operation Go Get Sancho. It does mean that Batshuayi, his contract's running down, it could be looking to leave. But it means that Dembele could be an option for wide right, but also be a backup to Tammy as well. 
Exactly. Um, so I feel like that, I kind of feel like that's the kind of direction they're thinking of. Um, but yeah, I do feel like this crossing Shalash shit, yeah, we need another way. We can't, we're so one-dimensional. Like, every, like all clubs are going to do is like pack the box and be ready to defend. And don't forget, we're Chelsea fans. We've seen this. We've, we've had Conte. We've had like teams that we're just there ready to defend it and we're, because we do it week in, week out, we can do it. We're, we're ready for balls to come into the box. So I don't feel like Chelsea should just be relying on that. But um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll wrap up there. Thanks for coming, Joe and Jermaine. Um, we're going to try to keep the cast a little bit more stable. Let us know if you want um, us to do that or not. But yeah, thanks for listening. It's Touchdown Fracker. We'll get back to you next week. on Twitter and ranting, doing the most, true say that money is power, so when you get money, keep fighting, ghost, ghost, I remember when I shot my shot, but I didn't have guap, so I hit the post, but next time it's a golden goal, and it- This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.